I'm just gonna start recording. Okay, now it's I am fun. totally recording. All right, I'm recording. Uh, Who knows what will happen uh, in our little discussion? So, real quick before we get Outtakes, started, sorry. I'm pretty sure our podcast is called "I Did a Thing." Yes. All right, I'm recording. Welcome to I Did a Thing, a podcast about unremarkable people doing remarkable things. I'm Sarah Benson. I'm Birdie. And I am Sven Sears. This week we're talking about goals. Yeah. All yeah. the goals. You don't know if you did a thing if you don't know what the thing is you want to do. How's that? I imagine, I imagine you know the thing you did, um, but maybe it's not going towards anything in particular. And maybe you don't want to do a thing because of that. Yes. I love it. It, it always helps have goals. So when you're setting goals, it's important that they are SMART goals. Um, what do you mean by SMART goals? Well, I actually mean two things. The first thing is just in your head, SMART as in safe and relevant to your life and things of that nature. But SMART actually stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. So it's important that it's all of those things. Otherwise, goals seem so daunting in a large sense. So if you can break it down into those things, it makes makes getting to that goal so much easier. I really love that acronym. I didn't even realize it was an acronym until um, you like started describing SMART a little bit more. And then I was just like, oh, okay. I love it. Yeah, it's used a lot in um, organizational structures and probably somewhat in like exercise and fitness as well, but I've heard it mostly at work-related venues. Like yeah, synergy. I've heard it at work too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it is true. I mean, it, it, it's easy to say like, oh, I want to be healthier. But if you're not using those kind of smart elements, you you don't know where to start and you don't really know whether or not you're making any progress or if if you when when do you know that you are healthier <laughs> that's such a vague term so pinning it down to something more concrete that you can say like you know check the box and say like okay i i you know my blood pressure has improved by this many points or you know I'm able to run a mile when I wasn't able to before. Um, you you then... know, Sarah, I think, I think you make a really good point um, mm-hmm. in, 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 in kind of the things that you're saying, like different types of goals. I think that's a pretty important aspect of goals that you have to consider is that uh, goals are pretty particular. And I think that they, you know, uh, I mean, very case by case per person, you know, so I think that's, kind of a hard thing for a lot of for a lot of people I know it's hard for me sometimes you know uh, getting like specifics on what goals you you should be having personally you know because for me to you know go down to 180 pounds you know would be would be kind of ridiculous I'm, I'm just kind of a big guy you know big boned all that good stuff um, so maybe other types of goals you know like personal to me would be more would be more you know important you know you have a really good point because if you are, I think I remember you saying Sven, that you're currently over 300 and if your goal is 180, that is so far away and you're more likely to give up if that is your, if that's your one goal, 
Like th- well, there's no there's no benchmarks built into that system. I, I, I do think people should should always have like a long term and a short term goal, like the long term sure. being, you know, what you would like to be, you know, um, ultimately and then what, you know, you're trying to go for in the next day, week, month. Right. How do you get um, there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's like part of what I'm saying is when you have these. Well, I was going to say before kind of um, on the same topic of. Um, like setting a specific weight um, that you want to be that I know I had the experience when I first was really working on losing weight that um, my, you know, according to the BMI index, my Mm -hmm. ideal uh, weight is a weight that I probably last weighed uh, in fifth grade. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, no, I so it, I like when I was working on losing weight, I like, I had no concept of, well, it is, is 150 pounds. Is that a realistic goal for me? You know, how would I, what would my body look like? You know, it, it was, it wasn't anything that I could concretely, I, I couldn't say, did I actually want to weigh 150 pounds? All I knew was that, like, that was somebody's suggestion of a weight that somebody my height might weigh. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. So, exactly. so it's, it's not one size fits all. That's definitely right. where so a lot of people I, might get it wrong. Right. So I set like a more, like a more, to me, a more realistic goal. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to work towards being this weight. And then when I get there, I can, I can assess and say, you know, obviously I'll be able to see my body and, you know, also know like my, my level of fitness and all of those things. And then determine at that point, like, okay, is, is this where I'm happy being or do I want to continue to try to lose more weight? Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I also think it's important when you're setting goals to reflect like do some self-reflection on why are those goals important and also what is keeping you from attaining those. So for example, I had a friend who didn't go to the doctor because he didn't want to hear what they had to say. <laughs> First of all, he didn't want to hear that he had high blood pressure and he was overweight and all the bad things. But then also he did a lot of self-reflection on that and he was really concerned that he would be put on medication and that medication meant in his mind that he was an old person and Mm. that he didn't want to be like his dad and be an old person. So like all of these mental steps to get from where he was to being healthy included all of these mental hurdles as well that meant so much more than just, well, I don't want to hear bad news. It was far more significant for him than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's you know, I think that's going to be, you know, most people's issue when it comes to goals and trying to achieve them is basically some sort of block mentally that they have, you know, with themselves or with, you know, um, self-esteem or just, you know, anything in general, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, feeling like you're too fat to go to the gym. Or, you know, something like that, that could definitely hinder, you know, your goals, you know, your, or, or trying to attain them at least. Right, yeah. I was also, uh, I was kind of reading up a little bit today actually about some goal stuff. And uh, this is on Tumblr, so I've, so obviously it's, it's correct. But um, <laughs> I was reading this thing that said that if you tell people your goals, 
you're less likely to do them because you'll become less motivated if you uh, do end up like faltering or, or uh, you know, having some sort of issue at all. I what guess- do you think about that? I've I've kind of heard like two sides of that coin. Like I have heard the advice that you that you share your goals in terms of like having other people keep you accountable. And that does especially I think like if you have the right friend or the the right loved one to share a goal with and they are the kind of person that is going to check in with you in the way that you need to like see are you you know are you really making progress or are you working towards your goal um that could be a helpful thing but I've heard actually a few comedians and writers talk about that they've noticed like amongst their friends that a problem actually I think it was Jonah Ray who I first heard talk about this but that he noticed that a problem amongst his creative friends was that they would get an idea for a project and then they would talk about it so much that like in their mind like every time when they had a conversation with their friend about this project in their mind it was like they were working on it but they weren't Mm. actually achieving anything they weren't sitting down and actually writing a script or you know, working on jokes for their act or whatever. Sometimes talking about doing a thing, right. Talking about doing a thing can take the place of actually taking the concrete steps that you need to achieve the thing. So, I mean, it is important that, that you make sure you aren't just going around talking about how awesome you're going to (laughs) be and that you, you, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you actually are are doing are doing things and I can also see too for some people sharing your goals could be really scary because kind of like you were saying Sven like then that puts you in the position of well if I don't achieve what I in, or initially set out to do then other people are going to judge me or you know I might be happy with what I achieved but it's not exactly what I initially set out to do and so people might have something to say about well you said you were gonna lose 50 pounds and you've only lost 30 so you didn't really meet your goal did you yeah that or like you know things like smoking cigarettes for example you know you tell Mm -hmm. people that you don't want to smoke anymore and then you know they catch you with a cigarette and all the the chastising that comes with that or Mm -hmm. the, the silent judgments even you know you know i don't really have a whole lot of like research or anything to kind of back it up or anything like that obviously but you know i mean commonsensically i mean it, it, for me I, I feel like if you're surrounded by people that don't support you or don't support what you're trying to do or are already have not really the best habits you're kind of surrounded by that on a daily basis i mean you're already kind of set up for failure in that sense as it is especially like if they just really aren't supportive you tell them that you want to do something they huff it off or you know just whatever I think that might right. also be kind of a kind of a a, a part of that as well. Surrounding yeah, it becomes with- a it becomes a th- a capital T thing that people associate with you or they judge you for or with the case of a lot of times when you're trying to be healthier it stirs up all of this self-guilt in other folks and so if you say no to the donut at work then people try to shame you into eating the donut because they themselves know that they shouldn't maybe be eating that donut for example right right because yeah. the misery shares or misery oh hell what's loves, the term loves company. 
Thank you. That's a very hard word for me to remember, apparently. Oh, <laughs> oh that didn't. Oh, I swear to God, that did not. <laughs> I was not trying to say like that. <laughs> I also that think that. so hard to remember. I think that social media culture also really plays into that in that I know for me, when I have successes, I'm very happy sharing those to the world on all of my social media accounts. However, if I if I gain weight a week at my Weight Watchers meeting or if I don't do something that I thought I should that I wanted to do, I don't talk about that because either you're a bummer on the Internet or like you don't want people to see that side of you that you failed in certain ways. So I think people definitely share all of the good things, but not a lot of the bad things. Yeah, see, and this yeah. is my problem with, like, social media in general. I mean, you know, I I am not the biggest fan of it personally, and that's only because I do feel like for a lot of people it, it, it shows, you know, like false expectations, you know, of what people's lives are. You know, when in reality people are posting only their successes and never their failures. I mean, and who would want to see that, really? But I think for, you know, honestly, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted this podcast to be very, you know, real. Mm-hmm. You know, and we talk about our failures, you know, as well with this kind of stuff, because it's real. People do fail. That's the, that's, that's reality. what life is. That's reality. Yeah. But the difference is when you fail, you have to get up every single time. You have to get up and keep trying. Right. That's, that's yeah. what makes people successful. Didn't mean to get up on my soapbox there, but no, it's true though. But yeah, you know, you don't ever see people posting on Facebook like, yeah, you know, I bought this game and now I don't have food for a week. You know, no one <laughs> posts that kind of stuff. You know, like I, yeah, I I didn't have them or I didn't make enough money on this paycheck, so I'm just not going to pay you know my bills and I'll just get behind for this month. It'll be cool though. Slightly in the defense of social media though, like I think you can use it to create good spaces, like. Two of my good friends and I have kind of a a private Facebook group that's just the three of us. And so that's like a place that we can go and talk about things because they both live in L.A. So, you know, it's not like we can just go have lunch whenever we feel like it. (laughs) But it's like some place that we can go and, and share stuff that's going on in our lives that you know like you said is maybe kind of a too much of a bummer to just post on facebook or real shit or 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 also things that you know like maybe you don't want your entire friend group to know but you know we all three of us trust each other and know that you know we'll have each other's backs and you know there's we've been all through all kinds of stuff over the last five or six years with with that facebook group so I mean, it it can be a a good way to support, you know, find support or support your friends. But you do have to have to be kind of careful, kind of like you were saying, to to make sure that you're not comparing yourself to like I've heard a few people use this, like don't compare your your whole life to somebody else's highlight reel. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Great quote. Just just take all that shit with a grain of salt, is what I think. Well, are, are we ready to move on to the thing about me for this week? Yeah. So, kind of 
what inspired me for this week's thing about me is there is a street corner here in Cincinnati where somebody's put up kind of a public art thing that is a giant chalkboard and they put up at the top of it, before I die, I want to, and then left all kinds of blank lines and chalk there uh, for anybody who walks by to, to write down the thing they want to do before they die. So I thought I would ask you guys, what is your, what would your answer be to that question? And I mean, it doesn't have to be health and fitness related. Like, I think first off, I think that's such a cool art community installation that, that can definitely be abused in, in the photos that if you folks have Google, uh, Google that you can see all (laughs) of the um, terrible things that people wrote up there, but it's a great idea. <laughs> I really I love think, that. I think that idea concept. is much better than, than some of the artwork that we see here in Alamogordo. Um, one time, there was a building that just said "fuck," so that's about as, uh, oh. as artistic as our stuff gets here. No, that's a lie, but nothing like that so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna post a picture of it at the website for the podcast, so listeners who are interested can go and check it out and. Um, uh, there'll also be space up there if listeners want to share uh, their answer to before I die, I want uh, to. You can probably put it on Facebook too, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that picture that you sent us and uh, I, I loved a lot of the answers. <laughs> um, the ones that weren't serious and the ones that were serious. I think they all had some pretty good <laughs> gems on there for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely <laughs> don't check it out if you're offended by bad language, unfortunately. Because <laughs> uh, some, some people no had some things to say that were not not PG. Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the, the things that Sarah's saying is that I think the number, the first response mm, was choke mm-hmm. on a dick. I mean, th- first of all, if that's your life goal, it can be achieved pretty easily. I think that's a good smart goal. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, choking on a dig <laughs> It's definitely, it's definitely and, um, measurable. and measurable. And the only thing that's yeah. missing Boom. from that's that a, is the time-related piece of it. So it really should be choke on a dick in one week from now or my birthday or Mother's Day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mother's Day especially. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry. Um, my thing I want to do before I die is – kind of exercise related, but also a lot of mental things for it. Um, I want to learn how to surf. I live in Minnesota, so it will take much effort to figure out how to do that here. But the ocean is kind of scary anyway, and waves scare me a lot. But I think surfing looks so freeing and kind of amazing. And it takes a lot of strength and timing and all these other athletic things that I don't associate with myself either. So that's my before I die, I want to learn how to surf. Cool. That's awesome. I can't say that I know how to surf, but I've taken like intro surfing lessons a Is couple of times. Hard? It looks super hard. I I I guess I don't have the greatest <laughs> balance to begin with, so I struggle with it. Um, the last time that I tried it, we took a family vacation to Costa Rica, and my brother also took like we but we took lessons to, a lesson together. And my brother has always been super athletic, so he was getting it right away. But I, <laughs> I, I was not as successful as him. I did manage to to stand up a few times, but it, it was very short lived. That alone sounds pretty amazing. But uh, 
the other thing that that reminds me of is how much attitude going into things like that can affect your experience. Because the first time that I took surfing lessons, it was when I, I still lived in L.A., and I went with a friend of mine, and she had skied and water skied before, and so she kind of went in thinking, like, I've got this, like, I, I, I can, I've done stuff like this before, it should be no problem, and I went into it, like, with the attitude of, like, I really hope that this isn't just, like, the world's <laughs> most miserable day at the beach, <laughs> and so we both had probably about the an equal amount of success with it, which was not very much, <laughs> but I had a good time because I, it, it, it went better than I expected. And <laughs> she had a miserable time. I thought you were going to say the opposite, that you huh. had a terrible time because you <laughs> went into it thinking negatively, but your, your standards or your benchmarks were higher, uh, right. hers were higher than yours. Yeah. Interesting. Surfing is way beyond me. I don't. Mm. I don't know how to swim, so I think that would already be kind of you know maybe I should probably crawl before I walk kind of thing. Maybe your goal should be to learn how to swim before you die in a terrible drowning accident. <laughs> you know, I just don't plan on being in a situation where that could happen. Hopefully, like I guess you do live in Arizona. <laughs> I, well, I live in New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico but it's close. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all desert. So yeah, I don't really live anywhere near the water. I uh, would love to go out like to the ocean and stuff, but yeah, I just don't think I'd actually go it, into it. It's it's wonderful and beautiful, but also terrifying and very salty. That was surprising to me. Like I understand that it's salt water, <laughs> but it was it was like invading your whole face. It was so salty. It was great, but. More than I expected. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably get into the water, but I I mean obviously I don't know how to swim, so I wouldn't you know go that far out. But I'd love to try it. You know um, what's funny is anytime you ever tell anybody that you don't know how to swim, uh, their first response, everybody's first response, well I can teach you how to swim. Every girlfriend I've ever had has always been that girlfriend. So it's no. like yeah, I'm gonna teach you how to swim. They never have. So is this? Uh, you've always been afraid of it and that's why you haven't learned a situation or is it just you you never got around to well, it? Well, if we want to break down all my fears <laughs> and uh, get down on the psychology of this, let's 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 do it. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, no, water is terrifying. Hate it. Too many sharks. Sharks. Too many sharks. I mean, not all water has sharks in it. Um... No, just too much. I just, ugh, that's that's the worst part of hell for me is even beginning to think about drowning. Yeah. It's awful. That being said, I should probably just do it. I mean, that's a pretty basic thing to do. Learn to swim? Yeah. Um. Well, it depends on what you want in your life. Like, if that's something that either you identify as, like, I want to overcome this particular thing. There are so many things in life to overcome. So you can choose from many, I'm sure. Or if you're going to be put in a situation where you need to know how to swim, those are probably the two biggest motivating factors, I would well, think. You know, it's, but if, if you have neither of those things, then... You'd, you'd be surprised. I mean, I know I live in the desert, but obviously, you know, we have pools and stuff here. But, right. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many opportunities I've missed at going to, like, pool parties and whatnot because I'm not interested in swimming. I mean, it's, you know, and I could just go, you know, but uh, most of the time it's just, like, the thought of someone pushing me in as a joke 
is just like, mm. and then sharks. I just couldn't do it. I mean, it's not like a, I can get in a pool. This is getting really deep. I apologize. <laughs> I really want to psychoanalyze yeah, you, but it's not nearly <laughs> as bad as I'm as I'm making it out to be. I'm not. I don't like water too much, but I don't think I'd be against learning how to swim if, if I had the opportunity. Well, since swimming is off your list, did you have an actual thing that you you would like to achieve before you die? Hmm. Well, I've got two answers. I've got a stereotypical dad answer, and then I've got a personal answer. Oh, I'm already excited to hear the stereotypical dad yeah, answer. Yeah, the stereotypical dad answer is obviously I'm I'm the one thing I want to see or before I die, I want to see my daughter succeed. You know, I, I want to see her blow the world away. Yeah. Aww. And then for a personal answer, before I die, that one pretty much just kind of supersedes a lot of it. Um, I'd like to be successful financially, I guess, just so I could make sure that my daughter is set. So is there something you have in mind that you would, a point where you would be able to say, like, I am financially successful? Or you don't have to say, like, like a dollar amount, but <laughs> hmm. or is is that measured by a dollar amount or by something else? Yeah, that's a good question. That's that's a good question. Actually, financial may not be the best way to say it. I just want to be successful, and that means anything to anybody. So for me, I guess me, me being successful, God, it comes back to my daughter. If my daughter's doing better than I am now, when she's my hmm. age, I'll know I was successful. One of the financial feeling or things that I had for myself was I, I wanted to be financially successful. And what that meant to me was I didn't have to, I could go to the store and buy groceries and not have to worry if I had money in the bank account to cover it. For sure. Like just that simple thing isn't simple for a lot of folks and it wasn't yeah. for me for a very long time. So not, not large purchases. I still have to check to make sure that I have like, money to buy a plane ticket or sure. something, right. but I can go to the grocery store and spend $50 and not have to panic that I don't have money to pay my bills Right. otherwise. That's a that's a pretty good measurement for sure. I, w- I would definitely agree with you on that one. Well, I guess for me, it's, it's kind of a, a related goal to the financial success. Like I, at this point, one of the things I'm really working towards outside of my fitness and health goals is trying to establish a, a career or, or have a job that I enjoy and that I feel like is something where I, I feel like I'm helping people. For the last 10 years, I, <laughs> I worked for the same company and it was, it was not an enjoyable experience a lot of the time for me. And I didn't, frequently, I didn't get a lot of like positive feedback, not because I don't think I did a good job, but just because of the environment there. You know, I mean, a a common phrase that was used in my office was that feedback is a gift, which I guess it maybe is a positive spin, but what it actually turned out to be was I can tell you a lot of negative things and you can then thank me for it. Because oh, I've given you boy. a gift. <laughs> so, <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible environment. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, after 10 years, I recently, uh, just in March, I I 
gave my notice without uh, a specific I didn't have another job lined up but I uh, I decided that I would go and give driving uber a try and then I also had had this idea for a while brewing that I'd really be interested in trying to start a business as a, a running coach so that's what I'm working on right now is that I'm I am driving Uber and then I'm also working on getting certified as a running coach. So I've got, a, it's, it's a, a program that uh, lasts, it, depending on, on some of the details, which I'm sure will come up as the podcast goes, but it's, it's about a, an eight month process. So I'm working to on. To become a coach for running? Yeah. For, with the, with the pro, the program that I'm doing, there's some other ones that you can do it in a weekend. But part of the reason why I chose the, the certification program that I'm going through is that one of the steps is that you get a volunteer, basically practice client that you coach through a training plan. And then you at that at the same time, you're being coached on your coaching. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So, yeah, so. To get that practical experience, I, I was excited about that. So right now I'm still in the, the reading and, and the reading stage, and I've got an exam coming up for the first segment in about the middle of June. But so, so do you want to, like, are you trying to be, like, a freelance, like, running coach? Or do you want to, like, go work for a gym in that, or, or you know, something like that? A freelance. Like, I'm wanting to have uh, have clients of my own. Oh, okay. Be like a personal like trainer. Yeah, like a run. personal trainer for running or walking. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. awesome. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, if just in the beginning stages, but if it it works out, then I feel like it's something where I will have met those two goals of having a job that I enjoy, and also doing something where I feel like I'm helping people. So. I mean, the fact that you are, that you've already set this stuff into motion, you know, and you're already kind of going for it, you know, I think that says a lot about it and about your, your dedication mm -hmm. to it. So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was, I mean, it's difficult to, to take a plunge like that, but I, I kind of. Especially after 10 years. <laughs> well, I guess kind of what happened was I, I, I turned 40 in January and I, I kind of was like, well, <laughs> If you're going to do it, this is the time. You're not getting any younger, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so impressed, Sarah, that you were able to do that and, and follow your bliss. Chase your bliss, right? <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. the dream yeah. is to do what you love. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm far too uh, financially conservative to uh, take that leap of faith I don't think I could have done that that's so impressive yeah I mean it, it is there are things about it that are scary and obviously it's something that could very easily not end up being a successful business because there are a lot of businesses that people start and end up failing but I kind of figured I you know I'll give I'll give this a shot and you know if it, it doesn't end up working out I feel like it's totally a reasonable thing to tell a future employer like you know I the last year or two years or however long I've been working on trying to start this business and you know here's 
here's where it went wrong or whatever. And, and now I'm ready uh, to get back to being an employee <laughs> if, yeah. if that's the way things have to go. But I'm, I'm hopeful that, that it will be something that I can be successful with. Hey, well, that's great. I really love it. I think that's, I think you should definitely keep us updated too, for sure. I'm sure you'll hear a lot more. Yeah. Awesome. And if I was in Cincinnati, you would be my running coach. Well, I, that, that's part of how I'm planning. Um, I'm doing it. Is... I knew this was where this was going, Sarah. I'm so afraid you're going to make us run. Um, <laughs> I will have uh, in-person clients, but I'm also planning on having clients all over the country that I would coach via the internet. So... If there you, <laughs> so you've not escaped, <laughs> and I'll teach uh, you how to swim at the same it. time. No, I'm just kidding about that. Part. <laughs> just like the rest of them, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'll take you up on it. Cool. Well, I support you. <laughs> thank you. Should we move on to the thing that we did this week and talk about exercise goals? Yeah. Okay, so I'll go. The thing I did this week was I tried a tiny bit of yoga. One of my goals is to... um, uh, do an in a handstand with unassisted handstand for a period of time, and uh, one of the ways to get there is through some yoga and stretching and and sustained holding of positions and things like that. Well, so, let's let's be specific. Like, how long are you talking about handstanding? I, I mean, like initial goal is to stay up unassisted for ten seconds. But ultimately, I would like to be able to walk on my hands and um, and, and hold it for. (laughs) Yeah, just party, cool party trick is what I'm thinking. (laughs) Um, But I hate yoga. I hate it. Uh, It's boring and it's hard. And those two together don't make for fun exercise for me. But I want to look like a person who does yoga. They're all just like (laughs) lean and strong and spelt and I want all of the skills of a person who does yoga so I feel like maybe I have to do yoga to get all of those things even though I well, yoga is definitely good for you number yeah. one I love that goal because I am I've never like when I was a kid even I never successfully did a cartwheel or did any handstands or anything like that I've just never had any upper body strength so if you are six or when you are successful with your handstand, yeah. I will be a super jealous. <laughs> um, you could also do it if you want. I, I, I could. <laughs> I could. Handstand coach. <laughs> but what I was going to say about yoga is there's like many different versions of yoga. So, I mean, it may be that just it's not that you hate yoga. It's just that you hated the kind of yoga that you've done so far. It's possible. I'm (laughs) I'm skeptical, but it's possible. (laughs) And this is not a knock on yoga at all. I think yoga is amazing, provides people with that mental space to do self-reflection and be in the moment and and all that. And it's strength training and, and it's great. I personally just 
My brain isn't set up to do it. Ugh. I mean, how long have you been doing it? <laughs> oh, I haven't been doing it. I just, I occasionally try and then I'm like, this sucks. I'm done. And then I don't do it anymore. And then I, then I have you know, this thing again that I want to go back. That's another fantastic thing I think we should talk about when it comes to goals and expectations is um, expectations, I think, is a big part of it. Um, a lot of people I know generally t- tend to try stuff for the first time and give up mm-hmm. because they're not experts at it. You know, it's a very difficult thing as an adult to do something and not be good at it right away. So I totally re- resonate with that. Uh, both derby and pole are things that like yeah. you have to just embrace the suck for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I think most things that you try that, you know, you're you're very new to, I mean, you should probably embrace the suck for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another great, huge thing when it comes to, I think, like I said, setting goals and and whatnot is the expectations you're you know if you've never ran before or if you've never exercised or you know whatever you want to do you know your first time doing it is gonna suck yeah i um i just this weekend was seeing a quote on facebook that was saying i'm trying to find it now but it was basically along the lines of like being bad at something is the first step to being good at something oh yeah i think i saw that yeah so Birdie, keep going. Keep doing it. Yeah, do it. I like handstands, so I will. It's um, a motivating factor, and I know that that's po- probably one of the steps to getting there. So it's well, worth it. When, when you get to that point where you're walking on your hands, you have to take a video <laughs> of it and post it on the Facebook group, huh? Absolutely. Awesome. Right on. Well, Sven, do you have a thing this week? What that did you, you did? I did a thing. Mm. That is a good question. Um, <laughs> honestly, this week was pretty busy for me at work. And then I got sick. And so that's that. A, that's a thing I did. I got sick. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah sometimes that, I mean, that is always, a, or well, maybe not always, but that is a, a reason to not exercise. Some people will push themselves through sickness and end up making themselves sicker. Right. Yes. Um, or hurting themselves. So, Right. So definitely taking a, a couple of days off to get better when you're sick is much better than trying to push through it and ending up, you know, having to lay off for weeks because you made yourself sicker or you hurt your you aggravated an injury even more and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sarah, you said you did a thing this week. I did a thing. Uh, I did actually two things this Ooh, week. Overachiever. <laughs> the first thing that I did, which was something that I, more concrete that I actually did, was that I went for a 20-mile bike ride on Friday. Because uh, there's a, a ride coming up here in Cincinnati in June. It's called Ride Cincinnati. It, it's, a, it's a big it's what it sounds like. <laughs> so they have like a 20, I think it's 24 mile uh, route. And then they have a 40, 48, I think, mile route. So I had done 15. 15 was the longest that I had ever done uh, prior to this week. But I was wondering whether or not, you know, it was reasonable to think that I could do 40 plus miles in just a few weeks. Um, so that's why I went out and gave the 20 miles a shot to see how I felt afterwards. And how um, do you feel? 
Uh, my my legs were fine, but my behind mm-hmm. <laughs> was not your swimsuit was, area. Yeah, I had I I have not spent enough time on the bike. I think at this point to successfully make it through forty miles and and still be able to uh, walk the next day. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and yeah, and then also my upper body was like my arms and my shoulders were getting sore and tired because it really you should be supporting your upper body more with your abs but at this point my abs are not as strong as they should be so I felt it and my definitely felt it even the next day in my in my arms so I think for right now 40 miles is probably a little more than I can do but I can definitely do the shorter the 20 20 some mile ride so I'm gonna go ahead and sign up and do that in a couple of weeks. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, hit it. And then the other thing that I did, which is I totally out of my comfort zone, I signed up to join a summer kickball league. Ah! I have not played hey. kickball. <laughs> I have not played kickball in probably. 15 years <laughs> and I cannot oh, remember awesome. the last time that I was part of like a team in terms of, you know, like organized sports. <laughs> so this is, like I said, it's totally out of my comfort zone, but I've been making an effort uh, lately, especially since I left my job to try and meet new people and make more friends here in Cincinnati. Um, I've only lived in Cincinnati for a little over two years. So I'm still trying to meet people, so I figured that would be a cool way, hopefully, to to meet some cool new people and also get some exercise. And Have fun doing I'm, it. Yeah, and it's like a recreational league, so for for people who aren't taking it too seriously, so hopefully it'll be fun. I don't know anybody that is doing it with you yet. Oh, nope. I asked, I asked a couple of my friends and everybody, everybody was like, I'll come and cheer you <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't know anybody else who's doing it yet, but hopefully there'll be at least That's one incredible. person there. It sounds like a blast. It, it, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. There's no expectations. You're, you're not going to be a master. You're good. Right. I mean, I as long as I can kick the ball, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> just have fun. That's really, I mean, that's, that should be like our main thing for almost everything we talk about. Just have fun while you're doing it. Right. Yeah. And then in terms of more long-term uh, fitness goals, I guess the other thing that I'm getting ready to work towards is that uh, I want to run a half marathon in the fall. Uh, so right now I'm I'm working on trying to build up the distance that I run. Like I I ran four miles today. So a half marathon is 13, a little over 13 miles. I was just going to ask that. (laughs) So there's a little ways between four and 13, but um, I'm working on it. Usually uh, uh, what works best is just to kind of start out where you're at and then add another mile each week until you get to the distance you will you want to run so so like um i've never thing. done like a half marathon or or, or or any of that stuff before is is it like a is it a race like you're trying to beat people or are you just trying to just yes 
I, I mean, most, well, okay, so there are people, I mean, there is a winner at every race, or at every, well, at most half marathons. I mean, occasionally there'll be a race that isn't timed, but usually, especially for a half marathon, it would be timed and there is a winner. But 99.9% of the people that are there are not trying to win. They're, I mean, it's much more about beating your mm-hmm. personal best and, you know, you know, or, you know, if it's your first one, completing your first half marathon and, you know, seeing how, it, it, how fast you can do it if that, if that is something that is a goal. But I mean, it's totally reasonable just to have your goal be, I want to say that I ran a whole half marathon or I, you know, I finished a full marathon. So <laughs> is, is a full marathon just like 26 miles? Yeah, 26.2. That's a lot. That's a lot of miles Mm -hmm. to run. (laughs) It is. It is. It is. Hey, well, good on you. That's awesome. So, y'all, our next segment is The Thing I Ate. Are we we letting Sven off the hook in terms of setting an exercise goal? Oh, are we? No. Oh, yeah, I guess you both did talk about goals. I guess I should talk about a goal. I have a stationary bike that is gathering dust i'm thinking i should pull that out mm-hmm. and get to work so this week i'm gonna set a goal i've never really stationary biked before so i don't know how many miles i should really expect to do per day but i will do that many maybe a time goal yeah exactly i was gonna say my suggestion would be a time goal mm. like, like five minutes just, ten minutes yeah just start out with five or ten minutes this week I'm going to do Because remember, I mean, 30, see, remember. <laughs> Realistic <laughs> is one of those uh, right goals. And remember last week we were talking about, you know, you don't want to go hard the first time. So, like, you pull that thing out, you you wipe the dust off, and you ride for 30 minutes. And then the next day you can't walk and you're, you don't want to ever get on that exercise bike ever again. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just don't think like 30 minutes is really that long, but you know, um, I did you do 30 minutes differently on it. after five. <laughs> well, I, I did do 30 minutes on it a while back and, uh, Oh, you did. Yeah, well, yeah. And it was like, at first it was like, is nothing. And after about mm-hmm. 10 minutes, I was like, okay, alrighty. Mm-hmm. This is, this mm-hmm. is fun. Okay. And then, yeah, after about 30 minutes, I was like, cool, that's not happening ever again. So, right. But it's going to, because that's my goal this week. I'm going to do. I'm, if you just did 10 minutes every day, I think minutes. that would be awesome. You got it. I'll do 10 minutes a day for this week. All and then right. I'll, I'll, for up this week. I'll up it every week. Exactly. Yeah. 30 minutes every week more. 30 minutes every week more. Six, Until you spend your entire six, life. Yeah, six hours a day and then yeah, <laughs> 24 hours a day. No, yeah, I'll just do five minutes a week more. I mean. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yes. Let's do it. That's Let's amazing. Let's do it. So that was All the right. thing I did and my goals. Next. Yeah. Next, we're ready for the thing that I ate. Whoop, whoop. So... How how is food going for everybody? Yeah. Um, I noticed that I eat the same things most days. I also which noticed I, this. I'm okay with that. But, like, it, 
the three of us have been kind of keeping a food journal together. And I mean, it's literally the exact same thing every day. Three of us, though, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I like. I like what I like. I think. You know, and you know, I guess the goal here is to kind of just make sure you're eating better. You know, or trying to, or you know, trying stuff like that. I mean, if you want to try new things, I say go for it. You know, that should be a goal if you want. But you know, really, your only goal at this point, if you want, is really just to just try to eat better as a person. You know, and if it's the same shit every day, it's good. I think my goal for the week is to add in. I was just looking at all of the food, and most of the vegetables that I'm eating are green, which is great and fine. But I'm going to add in more carrots, a different color, something crunchy. I like crunchy stuff and still fits in within my goals. And carrots are cheap and easy. Yeah, I was going to say part of the reason I know that I end up eating at least for breakfast and lunch the same thing every day is also budget. I mean, it's much cheaper to buy the ingredients to make one thing and make that every day for a week than it is to buy five separate ingredients for five separate Mm -hmm. recipes. (laughs) So that's how I I end up eating those same things over and over again until I get tired of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I eat a lot of eggs for that reason also. Like, Like a lot of eggs. Yeah. I made this delicious egg breakfast today and it was so good. It was um I cut up some onions and like just kept mm-hmm. just kept the rings and then I cracked the eggs inside the rings and then just fried oh, them like that. Fancy. It was so good. I bet you could do that with um like like green peppers also. You could. I have done that as well. That is also very good. Anything to do with like eggs and holes and stuff. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like a toad in the hole also, which is bread. <laughs> bread with that hole cut in it and an egg fried in it. Yeah, I used to do that. And then what I would do is I'd get stuff like sausage, like patties, and then cheese. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then just make a sandwich out of it. Oh, God, it's the Ooh. worst thing ever. But it's so good. <laughs> there are worse things in life. True. I think that sounds great. It's definitely better than some things out there. It's better than McDonald's breakfast. Absolutely. So, so I know yeah. in terms of a goal, I know I I just actually this week went over my budget and set some financial goals for myself. Mm. And part of that was um, sticking to a specific grocery budget because that's one of the things, actually one of the areas that I tend to get derailed on in terms of budget is when Mm -hmm. it comes to groceries because when I'm in the grocery store I justify it to myself as well this is a necessity I have to buy groceries because I gotta eat right and I mean true enough but I maybe don't need to spend two hundred dollars a week on groceries (laughs) for one person like (laughs) yeah maybe not so yeah I mean I'm exaggerating Right, I'm exaggerating when I say $200, but I mean, it's easy to get, you know, well beyond what you really need to be spending, at least for, it's easy for me. So yeah. that's one of my, my big goals right now is to set a, bu- a grocery budget and stick to it every week. And a trick that I have found that has helped me in the past with grocery shopping and sticking to a budget is that I found that if you, for the most part, if you count up the number of items in your cart 
and you multiply by three, usually that will come pretty close to what your total at the checkout will be. Um, Ooh, I mean, I like some things like, hey. like you, you know, you have to do aren't gonna obviously aren't gonna work with that like if you like I have a dog so if I'm buying a big bag of dog food then I just count you know the the dog food separately but yeah I mean I I usually come within you know three or four dollars using that method and that also (laughs) when I've been really really short on funds that's also helped me like go into the grocery store and be like okay I have $20 to spend on groceries, that means that I can get, you know, however many times three goes into 20, yeah, four or five five things. things. So I need to make my choices smartly and, you know, pick four or five things that are going to make, you know, a couple different meals. Or five or six. That's incredible. But yeah, no, that's a, that is a great idea. I like that a lot. I don't know why I've never heard that before. That's amazing. It's not something that I picked up from somebody else. It was just something that I, you know, when I was grocery shopping, I I was trying to figure out, you know, I would keep try and keep a running total in my head. And I just, over time, noticed, like, you know, it, it actually kind of averages out to about $3. Makes sense. That makes That's a lot cool. of sense. Sven, it's back on you Dang again. It. All right. Um, let's see. Well, I need to stop buying like comfort food, like things that I that I know are going to be good but fattening. Mm-hmm. Um, I like peanut butter a lot, so I eat that. I shouldn't be doing that so much. Um, there's a lot of things that you know I eat that I probably shouldn't, but I do because it's for like my daughter. You know, like hot dogs and cheese and you know other types of stuff like that. I do. Uh, you know, I, I, I cook her pretty good meals, but you know, snacks, for, you know, every now and again, crackers, cookies and things like that I buy for her, but then I end up nibbling and munching yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very common with parents. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. That like your meal is the leftovers of whatever your kid. Pretty much, eat. pretty much. And so I think I'm just going to need to cut out some of that more comfort kind of stuff and just kind of focus more on like vegetables and other things. She loves fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. So I really think, you know, I need to do more of that for both of us. I was going to say, I think that I'm not a parent, so take this with a grain of salt. But (laughs) I think that parents tend to underestimate what their kids will and will not enjoy or eat or or prefer even. So, yeah, they're definitely picky children out there and kids with preferences. But I wonder if you presented her with some fruit or a Pop-Tart, what she would choose. Or if you didn't have the Pop-Tart at all, right. what would yeah. she miss that, you know? Yeah, like, um, my mom was pretty strict when I was growing up with things like that. Like, I never had anything hostess until I was, like, in high school. Like, it was so foreign in my household that for the longest time, I thought, you know, how ding-dongs come in that silver wrapping I thought people's parents were wrapping the ding-dongs in tinfoil when they put it in their lunch. That's how... Um, Yeah, so, like, I didn't... We never had hostess stuff. Like, my mom was really strict about, like, sugar cereal and just, like, a lot of things along those lines that just... I mean, they're not healthy for anybody, regardless of your age. 
And, I mean, there were a few times when I was right. a kid. I mean, like, especially when you're at the grocery store and you see the, like, Lucky Charms or whatever ridiculousness. And it's got pretty colors and, and you want it, especially because you saw it on, you know, t- cartoons or whatever. Cartoons. But, like, now that I'm... Now that I'm an adult, like, I'm glad that my mom didn't let me have those things because it doesn't even occur to me to eat, you know, not to say that I don't ever eat bad foods, but there's some things that, like, I don't, I don't crave, like, it doesn't occur to me to to have that be something that I would want to eat. Like, I would never go out and buy Lucky Charms just because that's not something I grew up with. Oh, and that's, yeah, that's something I should probably clarify as well. I don't, um... Um, I, I, I noticed that Birdie mentioned Pop-Tarts, and that was because I put Pop-Tarts and stuff on my food log. Um, those Pop-Tarts were for me. They weren't for her. <laughs> yeah, she, I didn't mean to accuse you of, like, feeding her, your daughter bad food. But I, no. I guess the point that I was, oh, no. I was just trying no, to make no. is that, you know, especially if you start out with the younger your kids are, like, they're not going to have those expectations that... They're, you know, they're not going to even know what they're missing, right? Like, if you've never had, if you never had a Pop-Tart, like, you don't know what you're missing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the only reason why I mentioned that is I think, I think that was even last week that you were eating, finishing out that box. And I hadn't seen a Pop-Tart in a very long time. And so I was like, what are, oh, right. I know what those are are those any good? I don't even know if they're any good. So it was just like this, not foreign food to me, but it was like a a nostalgic kind of feeling that stuck in my brain. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick, you know, it's a quick breakfast type thing. You know, I got to get up and get Delilah dressed and ready to go. And I got to get something to snack on before I go to work kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's just, I think I just need to like start preparing meals and start like getting like better breakfasts to make in the morning. Or quick ones that are good, yeah. I guess. So I think that's going to be part of my goal as well. The other that thing that like I've done goal. in the past that worked out well for me is to just take either oatmeal or a box of cereal with me to work. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, obviously it depends on your work situation. But if, you, if you're if you in a situation where you can eat at your desk, then, you know, have breakfast at work while you're working so you don't have to worry about trying to rush around and, and get that done while you ha- you're doing everything else you've got to do in the morning before you get to work. Oh, yeah, definitely. I absolutely do that every day. And even some we have a big refrigerator at work. So sometimes I bring like for lunch salad stuff, like just a full onion, a full green pepper, a big thing of lettuce, whatever. And then every day I just make a little bit of a salad and just put the rest of it as if it were my own refrigerator in this in the refrigerator and that way I have it all week um, same thing with like a jug of milk for example with your with and your cereal I know yeah, it's not really it. uh the oatmeal time of year but the other thing I've done is I've just bought the I a bit oatmeal. like a container of oatmeal um and then I got a, a mason jar or you know a, you know something along those lines um, and basically mixed up like the ingredients of instant oatmeal instead of getting the packets. Mm-hmm. But the pa- I mean, like if you look for, hmm. uh, there's some recipes on Pinterest if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, refrigerator oatmeal. It's called. Well, refrigerator oatmeal, but also like um, you can make it like if you add the oatmeal and then a little bit of um, powdered milk 
and then, you know, whatever kind of flavoring, you know, like raisins or, um, you know, whatever along those lines that you right. want. Mm-hmm. And then like a little bit of brown sugar, a little bit of sweetener if you want some sweetness. And you can just put that in in your container. And then when you get to work, just add the hot water. It works out pretty good. Yeah. Huh. Fair enough. And a lot of, oh, I love, I love hot cereal. It's my favorite breakfast food, I think. But a lot of rolled oats, they, you think that you have to cook them forever, but really you just have to add hot water and put yeah. it on it for a minute and a half or so. And they're good that way. They're, they're not wallpaper paste anymore. It's so good. Huh. Well, those are some good ideas. I think I will try those for next week. Ooh. I'm always about trying something new. All right, guys. So, um, maybe maybe we should bring somebody else into this discussion right now. Should we call a friend? Yeah, let's call a friend. Let's call a friend. Cool. I have the the perfect friend. Let's call Ariel. Hey guys, we had some technical problems with the next segment in this week's show that resulted in it not being recorded at the best possible audio quality. We felt like the conversation was really good, and you should still be able to hear everything that was said. It just doesn't sound the best. So we wanted to share it with you anyways. Um, We're a new podcast, and we're learning every week. So hopefully we won't have these problems in the future. And thanks a lot for your patience. Now please enjoy this conversation we had with Ariel. She's a great guest. Thanks. Hey, Ariel. How are you doing? Doing well. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Great. Doing great. So, um, you know, this week we're talking about goals. Um, and part of the reason why I thought you would be a great friend to have on the show this week um, is that I heard you recently accomplished a goal, and so we want to hear all about that. Um, I mean, is it true? Did you recently run your first half marathon? Yeah, yes, it's true. <laughs> it is true indeed. Um, I, That's amazing. Running might be a relative term, but um, <laughs> um, I, I did pick up my feet so that I wasn't actually walking the entire time. So I guess I technically ran a half marathon. Started at a start and ended at an end of a half mar- half marathon? Yep, for 13.1 miles. Oh, God, that's a lot of miles. Yes. <laughs> yep, that is literally the furthest I have ever run in one go in my entire life. Um, and it started out as kind of a whim. I did a 15k earlier this year and which is about nine miles and it went better than expected Um, and so I decided to push that a little further and actually sign up for a half marathon and so that was I guess two weekends ago now. Damn. That's awesome. So what made you want to do any of this stuff in general like any of this running? Um, well, I guess I've always been an athlete. Um, I played rugby for a long time and I've always loved, um, training in the gym, but I was never, um, a person who would like to run for the sake of running that had no appeal to me. Uh, and I relate to that. Yep. mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) my girlfriend, Adriana, she's actually, um, a pretty accomplished runner. Um, she's done a few ultra marathons, um, and has done, got upwards of, um, 10, 
um, half marathons or longer. So between half marathons, marathons, 35 miles, 50 miles, etc. Um, and so she's always loved running. And that was like just a, a separate lane of her life. Um, and is not as into it as she was in her early 20s. But um, our entire gym does uh, the Shamrock Shuffle in March in Portland, Oregon. And so people sign up for various lengths, the 5k, 8k, um, we did the 15k this year. Um, and so that just training for the 15k got the ball rolling. And I realized that running isn't completely miserable. It was a way to get outside and listen to podcasts for real. And um, yeah, once the 15k went well, I decided to push it a little further and see if I could do a half marathon. Oh, okay. that's fantastic. What kinds of steps did you take to to make that goal happen for yourself? Um, I stuck to a training program. Uh, Adriana made a recommendation to do the Hal Higdon half marathon training program. And so I would do a couple short runs during the week and then uh, um, progressively longer runs over the weekend. So because I already had the basis of the 15K under my belt, I dropped back down to my first long run when I switched to the half marathon program was about six miles. And then I added another mile onto that. Um, so six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 um, for the following weekend runs until um, about two weeks ahead of the race. And then I switched to doing exclusively shorter runs, doing um, three to four miles, and then a weekend run of like six miles for the two weeks leading up to it, and took a step back on my strength training, and was eating right, and not drinking as much, and then was able to just on race day plug away at it. I wasn't fast by any means, but I my only goal um, was to just not stop or walk, and that's how it went. So I was, other than one, one stop for the restroom, I was able to keep going. <laughs> cool. Cool. That's phenomenal. Yeah. You, you so, had some goals and you accomplished them. That's good. That's yeah. Very good. It, it felt really good. Um, I was, I was a little bit shaky afterwards, but the sense of accomplishment was great. Like to have gone from being a total non-runner as of the end of 2016 to doing a half marathon, like five months into 2017. Um, felt felt huge. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Absolutely. So how did the race compare to, I guess, maybe what you would have imagined a half marathon was going to be like, you know, back in January? Uh, so it was a, a really small town race. I went and um, was out in Astoria, Oregon, which is like near the coast, but not truly a coast town um, out in Oregon. And the comparison to the 15K I ran earlier um, in March was literally thousands of people. And then this half marathon in Astoria was uh, maybe 120, 150 people participating. So um, Adriana said that it was like the smallest um, half, half marathon that she's ever participated in as far as number of people. Um, mm -hmm. So that was... Um, a pr pretty big mental shift to not being in a huge crowd to just like, because I was moving slower. Um, I was near the back of the pack and I 
was like watching people like double back on some out and backs of the race. And so I was just alone and moving for two and a half ish hours. Well, you were by yourself, like you, you ran it on your own. Um, yeah, well, Adriana was running it too, and she's a lot faster than me. Um, sure. so she was, she was up in the middle of the pack and then I was actually like, I think I finished like the third or fourth person from the very like last finisher. I, so I, I didn't see a lot of people because there weren't as many people moving as slowly as I was. <laughs> so talk me, Ariel, talk me through the mentality of that. What do you have to what do you have to do mentally to get through something, especially by yourself? Um, it was, I don't know. I, I guess I have always been a team sports person. So to do something solitary was different. But um, like, I, like I said, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I run. Um, so, and I also do that during the work day too. So um, having someone um, talking about something completely unrelated to what I was doing, like I, I was listening to my favorite murder. And so they were talking about um, comedically about murder. And here I am yeah. like in the, on a dark path in Astoria, Oregon. And while it's foggy <laughs> um, and it was, um, I just pretended like I wasn't doing it. I just um, checked out mentally and kept moving my feet and laughing along to what I had playing in my ears. Cool. Good for you. That's amazing. I'm so in awe because I hate running. <laughs> that I hate running. Um, and to do that many miles, especially by yourself, I don't know if being with another person would be better or if if by yourself is better, but it just sounds amazing and daunting and crazy and incredible all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a lot of people who were sticking to, um, whether it was, like, friends or significant others, like, sticking in small groups um, and, like, actually chatting. And that seemed impossible to me to, like, be talking and running at the same time. So so for me, the, the methodology of, like, being by myself and just getting it done um, was far easier than if I had, like, had a buddy in, like... Also, I'm very competitive, so if I had a, a person with me, I wouldn't have stuck to my own pace. I would have, like, been pushing myself probably harder than I was capable of. So by, like, being by myself, I was able to just, like, do what I needed to do, stick to the pace that worked for me, and just t- take the time to really be in it and um, stick to my goal and and not focus on anything else. Right, yeah. So, So do you feel like, this is the beginning of a half marathon career for you or you you've done it and and you don't need to do it again (laughs) um I've I've thought about it and I think running will be part of my routine more generally like a couple couple shorter runs per week maybe keeping around the like the five miles five to eight miles feels really good it fits well with my schedule and it's not a distance that feels hard at this point um so especially now that it's summer and not raining, it is, um, it's a really good way to just be outside. So I think I'll stick to, um, running two or three times a week, um, and having a 
base level of mileage that if I wanted to pick up another um, 15k or half marathon, I'd be able to do it with minimal training. And there's a half marathon out in the Columbia River Gorge in Hood River. And it's um, supposed to be really beautiful. And that's in September. And so I think I might do that race. And then there's um, a 10 miler that um, goes across a really iconic bridge on the Oregon coast that the bridge only shuts down for that particular race. And so I, that's in late October. So I will probably do that race as well. Cool. Those, those all sound like super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never um, thought it would, I never thought I would consider running fun, but I have had a, a, a change of perspective and now I do. I guess. Just laughing to myself, but that did not sound like fun. <laughs> it, I guess it's retrospective fun. It's not fun in the moment, but looking back on it, the sense of accomplishment and looking back on the training is, is genuinely fun now. I never thought it would be, but I've, I've caught the bug. Yeah, that's definitely um, an experience I've heard from a lot of runners is that, like, at the finish of line, you're like, I'm done, I never need to do that again. And then, you know, a week or two later, you start thinking, wait, forgot I'm also doing um a Spartan race in August and what so that's really um like not running per se because it's going to be like going through muck and mud and then doing different obstacles but I'm doing that with um, my friends from the gym and I'm really looking forward to that wow yeah that's something I've never done just because I mean to be honest I'm a little scared of those obstacle race courses like I'm always afraid of getting hurt doing something like that yeah I think that's something it's definitely best to buddy up for like I I plan on sticking with my my crew from my gym so hopefully they they'll be willing to lag behind a little bit to so that I don't um if I get hurt I'm not alone when it happens right yeah and can help you if you're struggling with a particular obstacle or whatever those races are perfect for folks like me who like to do stuff but don't like to run because the running is broken up by all these cool things that you can do with your body like go over monkey bars or through tires or over a uh, well in your case the spartan run i think has the electric wires that are terrifying to me but um, (laughs) yeah i'm also like like jumping over fire and all kinds of cool shit yeah and like throwing a freaking spear like that sounds like it's going to be a fun little interlude between the running (laughs) yeah um I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but there at least used to be a show on Esquire that's called, um, uh, shoot, no, I can't remember the name of it. It was about um, race teams? Well, no, they um, they do all kinds of different crazy um, endurance races. Uh, the hosts are two Canadian guys, and they, um, they go all over the world. So, like, um, you know, they went to South Africa, Hawaii, um, the Arctic Circle, all over. Mm-hmm. What? I can't think of what it's called, though. Oh, it's called Boundless. That sounds super cool. Yeah, if you're interested in checking it out, unfortunately, it's not on Netflix or any place that I know of where you can see it for free, uh, but they have episodes of it on iTunes. So hmm. Last um, summer, there was a show about um, Spartan races, Spartan teams who competed. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. That was, it made me both want to do a Spartan race and also never do a Spartan <laughs> race. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, to see people do it well <laughs> is intimidating, um, let alone, like, doing it yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's one of the things that was interesting, that's interesting about Boundless, too, is it's the most of the seasons it's two the two Canadian guys and then the the last season they did um they brought in um a woman who's like like long like ultra runner and then a guy that um is a Spartan racer like elite Spartan racer it's interesting to to get to see people struggling you know uh with things that are outside of their comfort zone like um one of the guys uh started out as a cyclist and so the the spartan race was all things that he had never never even considered doing before Mm -hmm. so for him just crossing the finish line was like a huge accomplishment yeah i i was thinking like even though i haven't seen the episode you're referring to that fitness is also super relative um so like if you're good at one thing doesn't mean that you can't challenge yourself and expand your repertoire and pick up something completely different. Um, so to see someone super accomplished still struggle proves that anyone can give it a try. Like we all, even if you have a, an extensive background in one regard, it, we all start from the basics when we try something new. And I think it makes trying something less intimidating. Right, yeah. Our question of the week is um, in regard to joining a gym or doing an activity or a team, but feeling really intimidated by that process. Um, the question is really, how can I get over that? And is, and is it possible to be too fat or out of shape to work out? Or in Ariel's case, to train for something like a half marathon? I would say that the first thing about that, well, actually, I have two things about that. Number one, the truth of the matter is that when you when you go to the gym, most people are so focused on themselves and what they're there to do that they're not gonna notice you uh, unless you're doing something that is like super weird or potentially dangerous. You know, they they're not they're not paying attention to you or or what you're doing. They're they're focused on themselves. Um, so. Like when it comes to, to joining a gym or a team, you know, um, you know, and, and it being too possible or being possible to be like too fat or out of shape to work out, that's that's really what gyms and you know teams are for. You know, I mean, it's it's not going to be you know you have to be in shape immediately. I mean, that's definitely going to be I guess nicer in the long run. But you know, especially a gym, I mean, that place is for you to get better fitness and to lose weight. So. Uh, and, and I've said this before, I think, but I, you know, I, I, I do think that you know it's counterintuitive to think that you're too fat or too out of shape to work out because you know how are you going to not be fat or get in shape if you don't you know try to work out at least? Yeah, right. everyone, everyone has to take a first um, step. The other thing too, along those lines, is it is easy to start comparing yourself to the other people at the gym or, or maybe you know the other people that have been long term members of a team you're trying to join or something like that but you have to keep in mind that you know you don't know where that person has come from it's it's totally possible that six months or a year ago they were you know the beginner and in the same place that you are now and you know yes they might be more fit than you are today but that's because they've been working on it and you know that's obviously not somebody that's going to be judging you because that's somebody that's been in your shoes and 
and can totally empathize with you know the the steps that you're taking and and where you're starting from Mm -hmm. so you know just just it helps to keep in mind that you know whatever you're seeing uh from people around you you know they they had to work to get to where they are too i guess kind of like what we were saying with the earlier about you know even elite athletes when they try something new they're they're not going to be successful from the, the very first try yeah I think it's important to realize too that, um, like like with training for a half marathon or other running things, most folks are competing against themselves in those situations, and they're not really well. I think it's important to remember not to compare yourself against other people, to compare yourself against yourself. So, um, in my, in my example, I've been doing pole dancing for a year. Most folks get out of level one in one to two sessions. I've been in level one for a year (laughs) because (laughs) when I started, I didn't have the strength or, um, and I was very overweight and I still am overweight, but I'm, I'm about 25 pounds lighter. So it's a lot easier to whip myself around that pole now, but, um, to lift yourself around and up into the positions I need to, to pass level one is, was not possible for me in one to two sessions. Mm -hmm. So, but that's a really good way to um, to get down on yourself and to really make yourself think that you're not good enough in, in different ways. And really, I've been progressing in a great way compared to my former self. So both at the gym and in teams or other activities, comparing yourself against yourself is important versus comparing yourself against others. And that's kind of what uh, I think Ariel was talking about in terms of personal best as well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say that um, that also kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about before with the smart goals. That you know, if you if you're if you set a good goal for yourself at the beginning, and then you know, kind of lay out the steps for yourself, it makes it easier to see that you are progressing towards whatever it is your goal is, and you know, other people might have similar goals or they might not but you know I guess what's important is being able to recognize the steps that you're taking and the progress you're making towards whatever your individual goal is um, so key something that um came to mind because like we've been talking about specifically like some gym stuff and first step stuff but um something that was always really important to me thinking about um more so about joining a team is um so I played rugby for upwards of 11 years and I absolutely loved it and I was pretty good at it. But something that was super important to me when I first started when I was uh, 14 is my coach and my teammates and everyone made it explicitly clear that there is something for everyone and every skill level and every body type in rugby. So um, when I, after I'd been playing for a while and I was a senior in high school and I was the captain... Um, at the intro meeting that we brought um, for new people in at was uh, my coach would bring me to the front of the room and I was like six feet tall and a little bit heavy and um, my coach would just go like this is Ariel she's six feet tall and really strong and she's great at rugby and then he would point to another teammate who was five feet tall and whip thin and really fast and she like and this is I'm 
I want to protect her, so I'm just going to say Jillian. And Jillian's a great rugby player, too. Like, it can, you can be any body type. If, as long as you work hard, there is a place for you and there's a position for you. So, like, Jillian was a scrum half and I was a lock and there was literally something for everyone as long as you were willing to put in the work for it. And so that's, like, an example with rugby, but I also think it's true for other sports as well. Like, so, hey, if you are starting out and your running isn't your forte, well, then maybe soccer isn't your game, but competitive powerlifting could be. Or there's, if if you find the one that suits you and is genuinely fun to you, you can find a sport that you'll, if not necessarily excel at, you'll at least progress, like Birdie was saying. Like, you can right. you can find the, the smart goals. You can find something fun, as long as you're willing to try and experiment a bit. Right, and the other thing that I just got out of what you were saying is, um, also, if there is something that you're really interested in pursuing, um, and you, you go to try and join that team, or you go to that gym and you find that it's not welcoming, don't also, don't accept that and say, well, all gyms are... Are, are terrible or you know like I just can't belong to a team like you know if if you you know if you had gone to a, a different team um and for when you were first starting out um in rugby and they'd had a different attitude that doesn't mean that you're not capable of being a good rugby player it just means that that team was maybe not the best fit for you and you know you should continue to look around until you find the team or the gym or, you know, whatever um, that is going to be the place where you fit. Yeah, you have to find what fits for you socially. It has to work well for you schedule-wise. You have to find the right fit, and it won't happen instantly. You have to try a few things, and hopefully, in my case, the the gym that fits for me socially and is something that I genuinely find fun happens to be four blocks away from my house. So um, I've been much more of a gym rat in the past two years since I've moved to my current home because, oh wait, the gym that I find fun and I'm able to socialize at and have a good time is also super close, and so I have no excuse not to go anymore. Cool. Well, thanks again, Ariel, for joining us, and um, we're, we're definitely going to check in with you and uh, hear more about how your Spartan race went and um, how you are progressing and um, meeting the goals that you're setting for yourself. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, so let's zoom ahead to the challenge zone. So the first part is let's let's hear how did it go for everybody? Was everybody successful staying fast food free? Kind of. So yeah, just just so everybody understands, uh, our last week's. Uh, our first podcast, we made a challenge, or I made a challenge, challenged everybody, no fast food. And that meant anything with a drive Or any place so. that they didn't bring food, they didn't bring the food to your table, or if it had a drive through Right. Absolutely. That was the challenge for the last week, and uh, now we're going to find out how everyone did. I had two, one potential uh, slip-ups. I was on the go, and and needed dinner and stopped at the food co-op for other grocery items and saw the food bar there and they had this 
delicious looking like tofu with vegetables stir fry thing. And I, I bought that and I ate it for dinner. So that was my one. And I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that it might be considered fast food until days later. And then yesterday, my my very lovely husband brought home Chipotle because uh, we were working in the yard all day and he didn't ask me and I probably wouldn't have said no anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> well, that is not, that is not terrible. It definitely could have been worse. Yeah, for sure. Sarah, what about you? Um, I guess the one questionable area is I did have some Starbucks today. So I, mm. I suppose, I suppose that, that may qualify as fast food. I mean, they do have a drive-up window, and no one brought it out to my table. So, oh yeah, no, it absolutely. Is. Uh, I would, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that either. I had coffee this week too. <laughs> then you both failed. Oh no! I think this just shows how pervasive it is in our lives, though. Like it's such a normalized part of many people's lives. Well. But I, I mean, I did, I did find, I mean, there was a lot of times that I, the more convenient thing would have been for me to go to the drive through window, um, and I didn't do it this week, and I was glad that I didn't do it. I even, one, one night, I thought about going to Skyline Chili, then I remembered that they have a drive through window, so I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, that's great. You know, I think, I think the biggest thing about these challenges is just the fact that we're making ourselves more conscious of this kind of stuff. Right. I think that's going to be the ultimate goal here. You know, throughout the weeks, I think making sure that we're, you know, kind of just looking for this kind of stuff, I think is going to help us out in the long run for sure. Well, Sven, How was your week, Sven? Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Did not, did not do fast food once, except today I had Del Taco. <gasps> it's easy to do on the last I was, day. I was sick and my daughter was yeah. sick and I didn't want to cook for lunch and dinner so i just got tilt well was it good <laughs> yeah all right good. well that's that's important well it is you know you know what sucks about that it wasn't even really that good oh, like they made my burrito kind of shitty and like the quesadillas that were for my daughter were all kind of dry no it wasn't even that good of an experience yeah that's like i was kind of saying that last week is that when you take a break from it, you realize, like, this is not good food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but the one success that I did have, and this wasn't part of the challenge zone, but it was my own personal challenge, I did not have a soda all week long. Whoa. Oh, right on. That's huge. Yep. Not, a, not a one. I've been drinking diet soda since I was 19, so it's about eight years now. And uh, pretty much on the daily. I mean, it's it got to a point where I was drinking like a two liter a day. Um, not recently. Recently, I've been I've been a little better about it. But um, I I find my I, I, I find that I'm getting a lot more sensitive to caffeine. So I'm just trying to cut out that. And I figured cutting out any kind of soda and all I think is just going to be better in general. Anyways. I've been uh, drinking a lot of different types of tea, Ooh. so it's been it's been really. Do you have fun. a favorite? Um, there's this like green tea. Um, it's it's like a it's called a super antioxidant or something. It's got a bunch of different stuff in there. 
Um, but I found that I like green tea with blueberry extract mm. and uh, with with licorice extract. That's really or, or, or licorice root extract. It's really good. I cool. will co-sign on the licorice root. I love it. Oh, so good. And it makes things sweet. Yeah. The other thing that I have uh, kind of been replacing soda with the last few years is um, like LaCroix and other mm-hmm. bubbly waters is what we call it in my house. <laughs> Um, oh, is it like the sparkling water? Yeah, with it doesn't have any sweetener, but it has uh, flavorings. Um, oh yeah, so, I love yeah. It. So that that you get the the bubble that you know to replace your soda, and especially I've found like if I if I just drink that for a while and um, don't have the super sugary soda, um, then it starts to taste like sweet to me from, you know, like if you get a peach flavored one, even though it doesn't have any sugar in it, it, your, your brain tricks you into thinking that it's sweet. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my favorite sparkling water is the Ozarka. I don't know that. And like Ozarka, I'm not sure if it's everywhere in the United States, but here it's like the most cheapest, like water you can get essentially like, like bottled mm-hmm. water, like the 24 packs and whatnot. Um, but their sparkling water version of it is just so good. Cause yeah, it's, it's the same thing as what you guys are talking about. It's not, it doesn't have any like sweeteners or, or sugar or anything like that. It just has like a little bit of flavoring. Um, but yeah, it is so, so good. I also found out recently that apparently, um, it's an extremely German thing. Apparently, um, German people, um, do sparkling water with everything. Really? Yeah. And I'm super German. So, <laughs> so it's in your blood. It's in my blood. Um, polar ice. Do y'all have that? They have. Uh, it's like, it's a, like water, a water. Yeah. Or like a brand. Um, they have mm-hmm. a vanilla orange that is, it's like drinking soda. It's so good. Like a, like, like a sparkling water. Yeah. It's not like. Um, it's not sweetened. Ooh, it's super good. It does sound good. I'm sure we don't have it, <laughs> but I have heard of it. I'll order it online. There you go. Or not. You know, I don't think we should be ordering much of anything that's like super liquid, like online. It's a soapbox. Never mind. (laughs) So I am issuing the challenge for this week. I had already committed to doing um, this challenge that came from Runner's World, where the goal is to run or walk a mile every day between Memorial Day and 4th of July. Um, so I, I, I'm working on that. Um, so I figured I'd challenge you guys to run, walk, or in some other method using your body, uh, go at least a mile every day this week. Can do. You know my brain immediately goes to all of the ways that that is impossible. (laughs) And then I think that's, that's gotta be a gut reaction for me for for most exercise related and, and major life changes like that. But I'm sure sure that there, I'm sure that there is a way I can do it, but reflecting upon my immediate gut reaction is... I can't, I can't possibly do that. I don't have time and I don't have a way to make that happen. And my foot hurts and, 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 but I can do it. You just gotta, you just gotta not think about it and just say yes and 
you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Say, say yes to yourself, right? Exactly. Say yes to your health and to your fitness and to your body. And then it will say yes to you. Oh, I love that. And if you're telling yourself that you can't do something, then you're right. Yes. You only can't until you can. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. I think that's a great challenge, Sarah. I agree. Oh, well, uh, oh, Bernie, that I mean, for you, I would include in that like uh, roller skating. I don't know if you're oh. it's derby uh, season for you, but if you want to roller skate a mile, I think it, that's within the bounds. I think, yeah, if I um, go outside and do it, I think definitely I might up that to two because skating obviously is faster and um, not really as hard as right. walking, but. Yeah, I dig it. Right. I mean, the, the, the mile is the minimum. So, obviously, more than that is his welcome. is good. And like all of our challenge zones, for the listeners out there, if you want to participate in any of our challenges, please do. Feel free. You are not obligated to do it. And if you do decide to do something, talk to your doctor first before <laughs> you do it. Um, anything that we ever talk about in any of these podcasts, you should for sure talk to a doctor first. Um, but if you do decide to, uh, to, to join this challenge, let us know, email us, post on Facebook, you know, uh, we'll, we'll give you some kudos. Exactly. It's always good to have more people that support what you do in your everyday life. And that's what our, our Facebook group's all about, supporting each other. And you can let us know what you're doing by... Um, going to I did a thing pod.com just that's our regular website I did a thing pod.com you can also follow us on Facebook at I did a thing podcast we're on Twitter as well at I did a thing pod and if you have any questions comments or just want to say hi feel free to email us at I did a thing pod at gmail.com so thank you for listening to our podcast I did a thing we've been Sarah Benson and Birdie and Sven Sears. Now go do a thing! Woohoo! Go do a thing. Go, go, go. Go, go, go.